podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Celtic picked up that elusive Champions League win on Wednesday night with a big 2-1 result against Feyenoord, but can they follow up with uh, another three points against Hearts at Celtic Park tomorrow? This is Tino with the Counter to Kickoff, joined here by James and Joe. James, coming to you first, your initial thoughts ahead of tomorrow's game. Uh, it's always one of my favourite fixtures um, of the year, so we're really looking forward to it. We've got that lift from Wednesday night, we've just got to use that and build a bit of momentum. We spoke about it on the, the post-match amazing how important momentum is to every single football team in, in world football and we've got to build that now. You know, there was a bit of a you know, can't win three games in a row because Europe was interrupting that. You've now got your European win. You just need to add your domestic wins to that to, to burst through the three. So tomorrow's the second of them. But yeah, Hearts always exciting. They always come and bring a game um, and it should be a, a Tousey affair. Yeah, it should be. Definitely a game to look forward to. Joe, what's your own uh, response to, to the win on Wednesday? Obviously, nothing to play for in terms of qualification, but I've noted, I thought it was just a, a big, big win mentally for Celtic. It was so important to get that monkey off their back. And I suppose just for the players as well, and it's validation for Brendan Rodgers that he can motivate this squad of players, limited as it is in places, to go and get the win on the big stage. Yeah, I did... Going into the game, I wasn't overly excited by it, given that it wasn't a lot at stake. But, I mean, I think with any game that you want to win, everything you play in, um, and I don't think it really matters whether, regardless how much is at stake, you want to win at all costs. Um, I think the nature of it won at the last, uh, in Wednesday night as well, was pretty good. Just it was a last minute one, everyone loves it. But all in all, as you say, uh, mentally, I think it was a big one for Celtic. I think given that we went in that run, having not won at home, the press was making a bit of noise about it, as they tend to do. Um, but broke that duck. I think if that run was to extend a bit longer, it would be a wee bit more pressure going into next season if, if we managed to qualify. Um, but now, yeah, we've got a few more questions for Brendan Rodgers. Good questions to ask in terms of players that have stepped up and played well midweek, um, which should be a really good sign for Rodgers that he's got a bit of depth. So, all in all, good going into the next big important run of fixtures. Yeah. Joe, you mentioned some of the players there, and it's important for guys like Joe Hart, Callum McGregor, Liam Scales, Matt O'Reilly, guys who stepped up on the night, Lager Bielka, you know, it's, that was his big moment so far in the Celtic shirt. So really important for them, just in terms of their confidence ahead of, you know, a tricky enough four fixtures between now and the turn of the year. But how important, Joe, do you think it was for Brendan Rodgers? As you say, he said this record pushed upon him, hasn't he, about, you know, is it one of the worst records in in the UK Champions League wise? All, all this, all this stuff that, that the headlines or the headline writers uh, up here are so keen to dig out. So, how important do you think it is for Brendan Rodgers moving forward? I think it's very important for Brendan Rodgers moving forward. Um, I think recruitment will still be on his mind. Um, we still need to strengthen, no doubt about it. Um, it's just a mentally a big one for him. Um, I think. After Sunday, and be, having been podcasting Monday, especially with Miff, that it definitely got, you got a vibe that from a lot of Celtic fans, it's still, people weren't 100% convinced. Um, with this run of fixtures, I think he can really come into his own and show, prove exactly why he's here, winning big games, using what he says is not his uh, desired squad size, but also not desired squad quality. I think he can show his real values and credentials as a coach and manager over the next few games. So I think it'll be a big boost for him. 
Yeah, definitely, James. So we've got Hearts tomorrow, Saturday. Uh, then it's Livy next weekend. It's Dundee and Boxing Day and Rangers on the 30th. So before we get into the detail of, of tomorrow's Hearts game, what do you think the message from Brendan Rodgers to the players is? Is that, is that one game at a time now? Can we start to really focus without that distraction of, of European football? There's about that, but there's, there's lots of opportunity to use Wednesday night to motivate the players or further motivate the players that everyone was telling you you couldn't do it and you went and did it. You got your points on the board. You know, monkeys off the back, hoodoo's gone. Just use that. You know, use that as a motivation to, to take into these games. And it's irrespective of you know what you're saying there, Joe. I totally agree with you. You know, the, the squad size is too big, the squad quality is too low. But if you look at the St. Johnson Commander games, you know, we're up against two teams there that the squad we've got is vastly superior, and the first eleven is vastly superior as well. It was a lack of fight that cost us in both those games. We, we rescued it in St. Johnson, but it cost us dearly at Kilmarnock. So I think they showed real fight on Wednesday night. You know, they were up against it for long periods. So they're showing they can do it and they're showing they can take the manager's instructions. So they've just got to take them, not just into tomorrow, but right along into, I think it's in Man we play before the break. So 2nd of January or something like that. So got to take that all the way through and just finish strong. Got to do it. Yeah, really important. Okay, so let's look specifically at tomorrow. So it's a three o'clock kickoff against Hearts at Celtic Park. Um, we'll look at the lineup and the lineup. I suppose the frustration is, in general terms, we have lacked this consistency. I lineup. I spoke in a, a recent show about inconsistent lineups equals inconsistent results, and that, that's what we've got. Celtic have had some real big moments this season, and, and some letdowns, and some in betweens. And I think the hope is now that at least until January, you know, when we hopefully buy some quality reinforcements, we can find that stability throughout the team that will take us through these next few games. So, Joe, let's start with the back line. Um, and let's start with Joe Hart, first of all. He'll start, of course, and he always does. Um, he started, let me get this right, 23 of Celtic's 24 games this season. He'll absolutely start again tomorrow. What do you think of the, the contribution he made to Wednesday night? Oh, it was a massive contribution. Um, and, you know, for all the stuff that he gets... I mean, even, even the goal they scored, the goal they scored wasn't really down to Joe Hart, um, where in a lot of cases it has been in the past. Um, so I, I was happy for him the other night because he, he really stepped up and showed a glimpse of the real qualities he has as a goalkeeper. He's shot-stopping. His general leading of that back line, I thought, was exceptional. Um, and do you know what? I, I seen him at full-time. It looked as if he was quite emotional walking in the park at full-time. I'd seen a lot of pictures and... I think he knows himself that that could be his last game at that level, um, which I suppose is a positive, but also for him, you know, it's it's a shame that it's come to that. But <laughs> he, really, he really stepped up the other night and I thought it, it really was a reason that we won it. So I was delighted for him. Yeah, very much so. I was speaking to a friend who, who works in at Celtic Park and he said he's seen Joe after the game behind the scenes and he very much was emotional. Um as you say, Joe, it's, it's very likely that that's his last game at this level of football, which I tweeted out actually after the game and someone says, you, you don't know Peter Lowell, just at easy, this may not be his last game. It should be his last game, and I say that with every respect. I think Joe Hart's been brilliant for Celtic. Um, he's been a real key player, a real leader over the last two and a half years there, uh, give or take. And I think he's still got a big part to play, James, between now and the end of this season, but it was certainly one of his, his bigger nights for Celtic on Wednesday. Yeah, I mean... I think some folk have kind of tried to talk it down a wee bit. I just don't agree with that. Just, just you know, give credit where it's due. All right, he's had a couple of you know bumpy performances and stuff, but 
I'm with you. I've been a huge fan of Joe Hart since he came in. And I, I do agree with those fans that say he's winning. He is. You know, it's, this time will come to us all. And particularly for goalies, that's reaction time. That's, that's such a big, big thing. But he shows he can dig it out. And he'll dig it out for the rest of the season. And he'll, you know, he'll finish strong with us because he's got real... He's a real self-motivated kind of guy. He's got a lot of personal belief. And he'll use that so that he does finish his career at this kind of level and in the fashion that he deserves. And he'll go and do something, I'm sure, because he just wants to keep playing football. But it's been a great relationship for both parties here. It's been great for Joe Hart to come and play at this level, play in Europe. And it's been great for Celtic to have such a strong voice in the dressing room where it was so sorely needed when, uh, when Ange picked up the reins. So... It's been great for everyone, um, and I've just been a big fan of him all the way through. We know where we're at, we know what time it is in terms of his career, and there's transfer work to be done, but he's going to be the goalie with the gloves till the end of the season, so he's got my full backing. Yeah, I'm the same, so big night from him Wednesday, well done to him, and hopefully he can take that confidence into tomorrow. Uh, James, who's ahead of him? So it's the, it's the age-old question, we've been asking it since day one of the season in terms of Celtic centre-halves, there's never been a consistent parent pairing for different reasons, whether it's injury, availability, form, whatever. Um, let's say the fullbacks will be most likely Johnson and Taylor. What, what's that middle two looking? Skills was excellent the other night. Is it skills plus A another? And is it a return for Carter Vickers? Mitchell Frame. Mitchell Frame. Hearts game is a big game to throw him into, isn't it? I'd like to see him given more of a chance and it was brilliant to see him. So he's a young left back, uh, 17 years of age, made his debut. What a game to make your debut in, uh, Champions League stuff. But Probably too soon, uh, and you've got to be careful around a kid like that. So I'd say no Mitchell Frame tomorrow. I think it'd be Greg Taylor. Um, so yeah, let's leave that where it is for now. But the centre backs, I've mentioned Carl Vickers, I've mentioned Scales, I've not mentioned Lager Bielka, match hero, big winner on the night. So what do you see the pairing as? CCV's back. So CCV's 30 players, that's just the end of the story as far as Celtic's defence goes. We're just a camera unit when CCV's in there. So no debate for me. Um, Scales had another, you know, really, really big game for Celtic on Wednesday night, so he's going to be there. I don't think Scales is a long-term future, or even medium-term future, but you know, he's he's got the number, so um, it's the two of them, and that's that. I'm happy with that for tomorrow. Yeah, Joe. Just before you get, give your own comments, there's a comment that's come in specifically for you saying Joe needs replaced in the summer. Now it might be the goalkeeper, it might be yourself. What's your uh, what's your take on that? Well, I mean that's that's up to that's up to the gaffer, I suppose. At the end of the day, um, I, I really I really hope it's Joe Hart. Um, but yeah, I think that in terms of defence, I think Carter Vickers will come in um, if he's fit. Um, I don't I don't really see why you would play anyone else. I know Lager be able to score midweek and Welsh as well. But ultimately, we've got a really important run of fixtures, and the way of getting Carter Vickers up to speed is by playing him. Um, I think he definitely starts. The Mitchell Frame argument, I actually remember Mitchell Frame playing, I think it was, I remember watching the Cup final, I don't know if it was the Glasgow Cup final, the Youth Cup final last year, I can't remember, but it was a mental game. And well, I think they won 5-4 Celtic, but Mitchell Frame, I remember at the time being an absolute standout. Um, and I'm, I mean, it's easy saying this now, but I pestered my dad and my brother for a while. Um, but genuinely, I remember at the time watching him thinking, wow, this guy looks a player. Um, real turn of pace on the left-hand side, hits the byline, which is sometimes what we miss uh, from our full-backs at times. Um, but yeah, I think tomorrow comes about soon for him, but it's certainly something that we can look out for in the future. Yeah, do you know, I can't think of many examples, just very generally this season, of 
Greg Taylor or Alistair Johnson getting to the byline. It's just something that's been missing from Celtic's play this season. And I don't know if that's based on Roger's system or the players that he's asking to play in the system. So it's an interesting one. But yeah, from, from Mitchell Frame's point of view, um, he'll be full of confidence. Um, James, good to know that Urjo here discovered him. So that's a, a feather in his cap. And hopefully he stays around the first team squad at least. Be great if he's on the bench and gets more experience. And then, listen, Rogers is a smart guy in terms of introducing young players and I'm sure he'd know the right time when to bring him in. Joe, before we move into the midfield, I'd just like your comments on Stephen Welsh. That was his first game in just about four months there, stepped right into it, uh, came in from the cold. And actually, he had a couple of mistakes, had a couple of moments, but by and large, had a very decent game. And I've seen some others commenting, and I agree with it, in that he, his movement of the ball was very quick. It wasn't as laboured as it has been. He wasn't taking the two, three and four touches that Celtic centre-halves can sometimes take. He was quite eager to punch it into the midfield and, and move the ball on and, and one and two touches. So just your general thoughts on, on Stephen Welsh just now. Um, look, I think Stephen Welsh is quite... Uh, I, I think he's had a bit of a... You know, he's had an up-and-down time when he's been at Celtic. I think he won't... He doesn't have all the attributes you would typically want from a centre-half. You know, I think he's the most physical. I don't think he's really the best in the air, which is something that Scales and Catavacers would superiorly, like, you know, majorly have over him. Um, in terms of a starting place. But I thought last night, as you said, or in Tuesday night, Wednesday night, sorry, I thought he was really, really composing the ball, which is something that Nat Phillips hasn't offered in the last week or so. Um, but yeah, as you say, really positive going forward. He wasn't really playing the same pass. He was trying to sort of make something happen from the limited position that he was in, um, which is ultimately all and above what I would expect from a centre-half in the centre. So... Yeah, I'm really pleased with him the other night. He signed a three-year deal, so do you know what? He's going to be here for a while anyway, and it was a very recent three-year deal he signed. So, yeah, I'm, after the other night, I'm quite optimistic that he can offer something a bit more. Yeah. Um, and in the midfield, James, you and I will both be disappointed. Big fans of Tomoki Iwata. Um, I think a lot of folk are. They, they see a lot in him. Started the game, started the game well against Feyenoord, first 10, 15, 20 minutes. Allowed Celtic to get a foothold, didn't he? And allowed Callum McGregor to make, make that more advanced move into the higher part of the midfield. But he gets injured in 19 minutes and he goes off. We've yet to hear anything, so what's this, kind of quarter to one on Friday. Yet to hear anything in terms of injury updates from Brendan Rodgers. So remains to be seen. It looked nasty enough and I would say he would look at least a doubt uh, for for. Uh, not Tynecastle, for Celtic Park against Hearts. Um, so who do you think that third man will be now? This has been a big issue for Celtic. Chopping and changing, Hatati injured, so Turnbull comes in, then it's Thiago home, then it's Bernardo, then it's Iwata. Who is it tomorrow? I mean, my absolute hope is that it's an impact injury for Iwata and, you know, his kind of swelling's gone down yesterday and he's had a light day today, but he's fit enough to play tomorrow. That That's my absolute preference. I suppose we're talking hypothetical if it isn't. Um, the easy route to go down is just stick Calmack in the six and go Bernardo and O'Reilly. Um, is that dynamic enough for playing Hearts at home? I don't know. Turnbull, absolutely not for the same reason, not dynamic enough. So do you go with home in the six? And O'Reilly and Calmack ahead of him, a lot of responsibility for the young boy. Um, probably the the safest option is to go with the default, which would be Calmack, Bernardo and O'Reilly. Um, but my preference absolutely is Iwata, Calmack and O'Reilly. I'm 100% on board with that. If if it, Iwata for me, if not, Bernardo. I like Thiago Home. He's shown certainly in glimpses some of the qualities he's got, but he's 
he's kind of become the forgotten man in recent squads, hasn't he? Sometimes on the bench, sometimes not. But either way, he, he's really getting minutes, and it would be a surprise, a real surprise, if he gets thrown in against Hearts tomorrow. Um, let's look further up. So Kyogo came in uh, instead of O. O had started the last two games, but Kyogo starts against Feyenoord. He worked hard, Joe, as he always does. He got himself into decent spaces, had a couple of half chances, uh, particularly on his left-hand side. But ultimately, it's another game that goes by without uh, another goal for Kyogo. Do you think he's he's letting that get to him? Do you think that's affecting him? And do you think he'll get the nod tomorrow? I think he'll get the nod tomorrow. Um, I, I think it's it's a shame. I mean, I've, I've listened to Brendan Rodgers come out and say that it's not a case of Kyogo being told to play somewhere differently. It's more that Kyogo's not actually listening to what he's saying. Is almost went rogue in a sense. Um, I, I think he's a no-brainer that he starts tomorrow. As I see, I've always said, you've started your best players at all costs. Um, I think it could be a case of he just needs a goal and then that will sort of do him the world of good and he'll kick on from there um, and we've got, as I say we've got a really important run of games um, I don't think it's a time experiment I don't think it's a time to sort of persevere with O who, who's okay he scored two goals a week and a half ago but really what else has he done other than that would score maybe goals when the game's been done um, Hugo's a game changer he wins your games he's our best player still on his day so I think it's a case of persevering with him, hoping that he, you know, he comes out of this at a bad run of form and he can kick on and do what he does best. Yeah, I think we should be going with Kyogo James. He's he's the top man. And listen, all these guys can can have their spells in and out of form. It's it's just part of football. But on his day, he, he's as good as anyone around, and he's the kind of guy you'd want to be leading the line for Celtic. And hopefully we can get him more service. You know, part of it has been it's been a combination, hasn't it? Kyogo's been a bit out of sorts. But the service hasn't been there as well. And you need to have both firing at the same time to get the, the rewards from it. Um, who do we think will be either side? So my guess would be Louis Palmer to the left and Michael Johnson to the right. And big a fan as I am of Mikey Johnson. He has had opportunities now. He's had, what, three starts in a row, James? It's certainly up for debate whether he's taken those chances, isn't it? No, I don't think so. I think the debate's done. Uh, I really wanted him to... Take the chance, I really did. You know, every time he's had the ball going forward, I've been screaming, you know, shows what you can do kind of thing. He hasn't done it. I think we need to start saying, we've had a right good go at this. You've had your chance. Um, nah, I think if he's on the bench and he's able to come on and make a wee bit of an impact in the last 30, great. But you can't trust him. Um, you actually saw one point Johnson had the ball kind of going down the right wing and Mikey had made a good run for him and Johnson didn't pass him because he couldn't trust him and that, that's that's damning when your own teammates are, are judging within the game um, so for me Mikey's now shouldn't start for Celtic and we just need to work towards what's best for him for his career going forward I don't think it's at Celtic Park Dyson's back so I'm going to put Palmer on the right and Dyson on the left You think he's back as soon as tomorrow? That's what he's saying that's what uh, Rogers was saying during the week be surprised if he starts. Um, from Mikey Johnson's point of view, he certainly can't be blamed if Alistair Johnson's not giving him the ball if he's in a good position. So that's whether you think why is he not giving him the ball? Why, why wouldn't you give him the ball? Well, if he's made good space, you would argue that Alistair Johnson's made a wrong call there. He can't. He can't trust what Mikey Johnson's going to do with the ball. Or in fact, he knows what he's going to do with the ball. What I would say counter to that is that Mikey Johnson should have a couple of Celtic assists on his record for recent games if O had tucked his one away. And the one that he flashed across the face a goal the other night, should somebody be on the end of that? Two, you know, Kogi or, or Palmer. 
But that's that's football. You need high chance creation if you want to play that game. You need to be pinging in, you know, six, seven, eight, nine balls if you want to say, I've, I've done my job. You can't just fling in one or two and say, oh, well, you missed your sitter. The, but the winger's got to be putting way more balls in than that. And it's it, it, that's it. It's, it's kind of flashing the pan. Because see that, I know exactly the ball you're talking about. And I'm going, you can do it. We know you can do it. Why can't you do it consistently? Yeah, I keep uh, my own personal stats on Mikey Johnson very separate from the ones that you'll see published. And I'm putting them down as two assists and he's getting them. Um, Joe, I think... Uh, it's hard to disagree with what, a lot of what James is saying there. I wonder, though, just out of necessity, he maybe gets the nod again because the alternative is James Forrest, Yang, who's dropped out the picture, and what would be a very quick return for Dyson Maeda. But what do you think we'll see in the wings? I think he will start the same front three. Um, I don't really see, as much as Maeda's back and he's available, I don't really see, given that he's been out for six weeks, is he going to throw him in straight away? Now, it could be a case of how for how bad the performance was last Sunday that Maida might have been rushed back a bit quicker than it would have maybe expected. Um, I would start Mikey Johnson tomorrow purely because I don't want to start Forrest and I don't want to risk Maida getting a second back. Um, now, what, however that will transpire tomorrow, I don't know. Rogers will know better in terms of how fit Maida is to play the next... Uh, to play for however many minutes. So I, I, I'm agreeing with you in the Mikey Johnson point in the sense of he has shown flashes what he can do. And I think that sort of sums up his Celtic career. He showed what he can beat a guy very occasionally, albeit, but he is. That is sort of what he's good at. He's good with the ball at his feet. He played a great ball across the Lewis Palmer that night. If he goes towards that, you're going on about how great a ball it is for Mikey Johnson. Um, it's just one of those things. Um, likewise, he's very close to scoring against Kamarnock on Sunday there, where it was the ball came across from McGregor. Um, so yeah, look, it has his moments in the game. It's maybe not; it could have maybe worked out a bit differently, but I still think he should be doing enough. He should be doing more. Sorry, I don't think he's doing enough as it is just now. Um, and I really, you know, he, he's now in a position where he's not really under a lot of pressure because there's not many guys that are behind him. Um, really knocking his door due to injuries and you know. We're off home from Forrest and Yang, arguably. Um, so really, I mean, he's he's really down his last chances now. And if he doesn't really turn up and sort of, you know, show a bit more than what he's shown, then you know, I, I would say it's a matter of time before he leaves Celtic. Yeah, do you know what I'd say? They're all fair and valid points from both of you eh, on Mikey Johnson. I'll do my best to get them edited out of the replay and uh, the Mikey propaganda will continue eh, from here on in. Um, James, I just want to touch on eh, Dyson Maeda himself. Obviously, we've chatted there about the potential of him returning. We've spoken recently on the weekly show about the fact that Celtic, or Brendan Rodgers specifically, has had to do without Carter Vickers, Rayo Hattati, uh Lee Alabada and Dysmeyer, four guys who at any given time walk straight at the Celtic's best first eleven. So, how much of a boost is it to potentially have Carter Vickers back around tomorrow and Maeda up at the other end of the park? You see Gary Melrose in the comments there saying about the productivity stats that Mikey gives you, and we'll leave Mikey alone kind of thing. But I mean, for Dysen, the productivity stats he gives you—that—that's one of the biggest things. He just chases all day. So when you're playing a team like Hearts, when you know you're going to be in a game, I mean, we just don't know his his injury situation. If he's if he's even close to match fit, then then he starts for that reason alone. You know, I dare say, you know, if he played against Lazio as well, it could could have helped because he's just he 
pins defences in. And we know that, you know, you, you give up a lot of guile and skill when you put on dies in, but you get that productivity. So it's a bit of a bit of a trade. Um, for me, if he's fit, he starts tomorrow just to keep us high on the productivity side of things and, you know, keep hearts pinned in. Yeah. Leo Lavada, um, it remains to be seen when he'll return, but his stats are even more impressive. He's he's not it's not the most pleasing on the eye, not to say that he's he's awkward on the ball, but you know, sometimes he lacks a wee bit of finesse. But his numbers don't lie. Absolutely, since he's arrived at Celtic Park in terms of assists and goals, his numbers have been really strong. So but a big boost when he returns and certainly uh, Hatati, hopefully not far behind. Um, before we take a look at Hearts, just want to thank a few folk who have joined the chat. Asim's here, Asim, good friend of the show, Mick Clark, Ross Foy, John Ellis. Gary, various others have commented. If you are watching on the YouTube live, please be sure to subscribe to the channel and give us a like here. It makes a big difference to what we do. If you're listening to the podcast, likewise, if you can follow uh, and give us a, a short review if you get a moment on Apple or Spotify, makes a big, big difference. Uh, James, let's look at Hearts. So they've all of a sudden found themselves a wee bit out of form. They've lost their last two, having won their previous three before that. So what are you expecting from them at Celtic Park tomorrow? Hey, what you would expect from... Naismith, any time he turns up at Parkhead, just absolute full pill. I don't think there'll be a lot of considered slow play from them. They'll be physical. Um, referee, referee will need to be strong. Um, he'll send them out to try and level the game, which is about pressing is really hard and being physical in the tackle. Probably borderline, you know, taking, taking gambles as to how physical they can be. So if the referee keeps an eye on that, it should work out okay. It'll just be a battle for the first, you know, 20, 30 minutes anyway, but we need to get on top in that period. If we can get an early goal in the first 15, 20, obviously it changes things. Um, although you'd say, see that against Gilmarnock as well. But, you know, Naismith, his style of play has continued into his style of management. Some players are so different from their style of management. I don't think Naismith really is. He's just all guns blazing, um, teeth bared kind of manager. So, yeah, it'll be an interesting battle in that regard. Yeah, Joe, just in terms of that form I mentioned, so they lost to Aberdeen last time out. It was a late goal, I think it was 90-odd minute uh, for a 2-1 win at Pataudry. Prior to that, they lose at home to Rangers, 1-0. And then the three wins before that, it was a 1-0 win away to Kelly, a 1-0 win at home to St. Johnson, and a 2-1 win uh, at Struggling Motherwell. They're not scoring a lot of goals, generally speaking, but in Lauren Shankland, they've always got someone that's likely to grab a goal. Yeah, they do. And, I mean, that name always has come up the last, you know, while also about a potential signing for us Elon Shankland so it shows you how much he does scores a lot of penalties don't get me wrong but he's still a penalty box striker and he's a guy that you need to watch out for because he'll score goals um, but yeah Hearts are they aren't a bit of ropey form um, I mean away to Aberdeen home with Rangers too not obviously difficult games um, but they, they've grinded results out um, and as James says they're a team that are going to be up for the fight they're going to be in your face sort of try and win the physical battle and see what sort of happens after that. I will put a lot of money behind us that if they have kick-off or they start the kick-off, they will be going a diagonal long ball towards Greg Taylor and trying to win that first ball, like most teams do. But Hearts, I would probably expect it more than anyone else, given that they're a more direct side. Um, and as you say, they like the physical battle. So, no, I, I'm expecting a hard game. Um, and, you know, they'll not they'll be taking any prisoners. There's no doubt, James, that teams have employed or deployed that tactic of, of just launching it on top of Greg Taylor. They've clearly identified, listen, all teams to a certain extent now um, have got the, the systems and software and analysis tools available to have a look at where 
Celtic or any other team that they're playing against are weak. And I think the stats will bear out that Celtic have a weakness in the left-hand side. And that's where you can get a bit of change. That's where both Kilmarnock schools came from, down Celtic's left-back area. And I think Hearts or anybody else would be foolish not to, to go into that area. And then when you've got guys like Shanklin in the box, if you can get it wide and across to him, it's always a threat. And also, would you take him at Celtic? Shankland. Yeah. Um, I've always been a fan because he's the kind of guy that just always gets goals. But see, if you look at his non-penalty goals the last two seasons, I think he scored something like eight from open play. It's, it's really light. And I know he's playing, you know, maybe for Hearts, but when he was playing for lesser teams, he was scoring way more from open play. So I don't know. Maybe I'm just kind of uh, preparing myself so I can say when he goes to Rangers, ah, he's, no, he's only scored eight for open play in the last two years. Um, I think... It's more like there's a Rangers fan. If Rangers can afford them, they, he, he would go there because they're screaming out for a, dare I say, a Kenny Miller, a Chris Boyd, a, you know, a typical Scottish kind of striker that they always like to have in their, their lock-up. Um, I, I wouldn't mind him as Celtic, I have to say. I wouldn't, because I've, I've always thought he's a good goal scorer. I, I just don't think he's in great form at the moment. Uh, cue tomorrow. Just while we're on the subject, um, Mayovsky's chats always obviously doing the rounds in recent times. I really like Mayovsky, and I think Celtic 100% should be going for him. Um, do you have any opinion on that, him versus Shankland or anything otherwise? Different, different kind of players, uh, very different players. They're, they probably strengthen your squad. Probably good guys to have around. Um, Mayovsky maybe first team, Shankland maybe, you know, to bring off the bench is a really strong 30 minutes. If you, if you need a goal, you'll, you'll be round about it, kind of. Um, but yeah, I just think they're, they're so different. I find the whole thing galling in terms of Celtic scouting that we're now talking about guys that are just standing beside you instead of, you know, who's playing in Portugal, who's playing in, you know, Stockholm or, or wherever kind of thing. It, it's it's quite baffling that we've, we've got to this with the, the kind of dearth of um, good production from the, the recruitment team. But we are where we are. I do like Miofsky. Um It's probably high money. What, you four or five million, something like that? Maybe, maybe. Depends who he's up against on the, the scouting book, but that looks like no one, so you might as well. Yeah, I mean, maybe it is four million, but Lager Bielka's paid for half of that the other night. Let's just throw it in the mix and, and call oh. it two million. It's, it's oh. a job done. Um, Joe, from Hearts' point of view, <clears throat> excuse me, to bring it back to them, I think they do have a couple of injury worries of their own. Uh, Liam Boyce, good player, good striker for them. Clever player, I think. Uh, he's missing by all accounts. And Cammy Devlin, a guy who, if you are a betting man, bet responsibly, but stick him on to get a yellow card against Celtic. So, as much as we've had our own injury worries to concern ourselves with, Hearts are maybe coming here a wee bit lighter than they'd hoped to as well. Yeah, um, and I think, see, I think modern football has just happened to everyone now. Um, you'd be lucky if you seen if you looked across the board in our league and further afield, the teams that weren't having injury issues, just with the volume of games, etc. So, it's the way the world just now. Um, with Cammy Devlin, I mean, the one thing that sticks out with Cammy Devlin is not playing a minute at the World Cup and asking for Messi's top at full time. Like, that will forever sum up the guy in a nutshell. Um, you know, it, a bit of Ellis Cannon, by all accounts, but I think still a good player in his own right. I remember him scoring, I think he scored in one of the Hearts qualifying games in Europe, a really, two really good goals. Um, so I think he's a good player. plays for Australia, must be. He's, I mean, he must be well thought of down there. Um, so having him missing, of course, is in some way a boost because I think he would be a starter. Um, Liam Boyce, I, I agree with you. you know, I think given 
I think sometimes when you get a big striker, sometimes people write off their ability, given they think they're only up front because mm-hmm. of their presence. But I think yeah, he is actually technically a decent player. Um, and he did struggle with injuries, but you know, it's proven to score a lot of goals um, at this level. So, yeah, always a threat in his day, Liam Boyce. So, I suppose that's a good thing that he's missing. Um, but, yeah, other than that, it's going it's to be a hard game all round against Hearts. Always is. So, um, regardless of who's fit or not, I know they'll work for the fight. Exactly right. As James says, the manager won't allow otherwise. I'm not convinced Stephen A. Smith was the right appointment for Hearts, but that's by the by. I think they had their. Uh... At AGM during the week or just in the last day or so, and I think the appointment of Stephen A. Smith was questioned by the fans. But that's a hard situation, not not for us to concern ourselves with. But either way, they'll certainly be motivated on the day. Uh, before I come to you for your score predictions, just to catch a couple of things in the chat. So Gary Melrose has sent various kind of interesting stats on Mikey Johnson. We don't have the chance to chance to cover them at the moment, but we will be doing one of our Q and A episodes here uh, as a live pretty soon. So we'll try and catch those kind of things during that. Couple of very interesting shout outs as well. Paul Burrow says hello, hail, hail from Castle Milk. Whereas Daniel McAlpine says hail, hail from South Africa. So, two very different parts of the world there. But welcome both and everyone who's joined us here on the live. Um, James, I'll come to you first for scoreline predictions. So, we've covered Celtic, covered Hearts. What do you think we're going to see on the day? 4 1. 4 1 Celtic. 4 1. Yeah. What are you basing on? Just take, the, take the boost. Take the boost on Wednesday night. I think we'll come out fast, um, two up by half time, lose one, score another two. That's the maths, so it all adds up. So, 4 1 from James. Joe, what are you going for yourself? I'm going for 4 now. I think from what I've seen, I, I, this is this is a Brendan Rodgers thing that I've seen years gone by where I was actually me and my dad that used to always say this, like turn up at Parkheads that used to be angry Brendan, where Maybe we didn't play the best in midweek, or maybe it was either we've played absolute honking midweek, or we've played a game that we've had a bit of a boost that you can tell. So straight away, you can tell sometimes if there's a reaction or not from whatever the manager said. I always, you can always sort of gauge that. Um, I think Celtic could win quite comfortably tomorrow. Um, I don't think Hearts. I think Celtic tend to play better against teams that come out and have a go fairly early on and sort of back themselves because ultimately they'll leave gaps. We've dropped points this season from teams that's uh, 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 probably uh, the get result against Kilmarnock is probably the exception. But teams that have come out and had a go at us that we tend to, we tend to find gaps because that's Rogers' game. Um, our teams are all leaving that gap, those gaps for us. It seems to be that we've tended to exploit them. Um, you look at teams that are similar level to Hearts. I mean, we put six past Aberdeen, we put four past Hibs last week. I think we get three against Aberdeen. At Petodre at the start of the season as well, but four against Hearts at the start of the season. Okay, have been away, been that probably exception, but out of those games so far, we tend to score big. Um, and I say, I definitely, and those games as well, we've always had an early goal, a fairly early goal. Um, so I think, you know, I think we've got a real opportunity to score a few tomorrow. I'm hopeful, but I've, I think we've got a real opportunity to do that. Yeah, I'd love to see this as the, the turning point that Brendan Rodgers has been crying out for. We've had some. Some results that have threatened to be that turning point. One at Ibrox is obviously a big one. Um, the turnaround at St Johnson just the other week there. Um, and obviously we've had that big win during the week and there's no doubt. Listen, the players will be at Linux Town probably right now, Friday afternoon, and, and feeling pretty good about themselves. And I'd love I'd love that to be the the catalyst for, for Celtic to kick on and go on a real run now. I'm not convinced just yet it will be. I think there's potentially a few hiccups still to go. Um, but listen, no better time to, 
hit form than, than tomorrow. I'm not quite as confident as you, lads. So 4-1 for James, 4-0 for Joe. I think Celtic might be a couple of goals to good, 2-0 or 2-1. I'll, I'll go with 2-0. <clears throat> Joe Hart to continue his good form, keep that clean sheet. Um, and we'll take the, the three points and, and regroup ahead of Livy next week. Joe, just your final thoughts then as we start to wrap up this episode. Um, please from Wednesday, um, given there wasn't anything really to play for other than the couple of million that we probably won't see. Um, but generally speaking, you know, I'm pleased after Wednesday. I know we've got guys missing who are going to come back and hopefully make an impact. We're going to strengthen in January, but really important run of fixtures. This is one of the biggest out of them all of other than the obvious um but yeah I'm, I'm feeling i'm feeling confident i think we last wednesday's a boost now it's just about picking up momentum and starts on saturday yeah here's hoping james your own final comments please it's just a bit flow for me really when you get in a flow um we've got the opportunity now so you've got rangers obviously not playing in the league uh playing aberdeen on the sunday so chance there to just restore that Points gap, albeit there'll be an extra game in hand, but I'd rather have the points on the board. So, you know, that that just adds its own pressure, but lets us, more importantly, build that flow that's just not been there this season. Guys coming back from injury will help with that. January signing should help with that. So by the time the you know, season opens back up after the break, we should be just looking to finish the season strongly from there. So, yeah, get, get the big one tomorrow. Capitalise on Wednesday's win and get into a flow. Yeah, that's got to be the plan. So five points ahead at this moment in time. A real opportunity to go eight clear with Rangers not playing in league duty this weekend. Uh, thanks to James and Joe for joining me as always. And thanks to everyone who's joined on the YouTube live and, and contributed via comments. It's really appreciated. As I say, be sure to like and subscribe the channel to the channel there. And if you're listening on podcasts, please follow and review us where possible. But in the meantime, thanks for joining us for this one. We'll be back with the Final Whistle Show shortly after the game tomorrow. And we'll look forward to speaking to you again then. Podcast Network.